Make March Madness a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online and use promo code ZABE to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at the big money. If you're the type of guy who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at life-changing amounts of moolah. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and simple to win and simple to get paid, like MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. You've heard me talk about Tacovas, the company carrying on all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. Well, longtime listener Jeremy emailed me to say, Zabe, I was on a work trip to Austin, knew about Tacovas from the podcast, stopped into the store. Next thing you know, I've got a damn good pair of boots and I'm looking sharp with a nice buzz to boot. Giddy up. Tacovas believes in Western for all. And you can feel that when you stop in one of their stores and get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. If you can't make it into the store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and the most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com and point your toes west. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said they will throw in one of their best selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 at Tacovas.com. Just use promo code ZABE. That's promo code Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo at checkout. It's a $30 value and they sell out fast. Only at Tacovas.com. The legends are true. Overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10 piece with nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Today on the Zabecast, I'll reconnect with my long-lost former college roommate from UC Santa Barbara, John Peterson, and wait till you hear how he survived as a young basketball coach making three grand a year. A good reason those little bottles of eye drops cost so much, the Lamar Jackson saga just jumped up a notch, and so too did that of Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Your bonus, 40-minute edition of Pure Me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! <laughs> Here we go! Tuesday, March 28th, 2023. Thank you for downloading. Let's get right into it. Lamar Jackson on his Twitter feed said he asked for a trade from the Ravens as far back as March 2nd. I won't bother to read you all the verbiage of it. We get it. Yada, yada. Love the fans. Got to do what's best for my career. Couldn't come to terms. Blah, blah. Yada, yada. Fine. Whatever. So now we are officially in Baltimore in what we would call the awkward phase 
of the relationship. How far can the Ravens go pretending like, no, everything's fine. We may, we may franchise tag him and uh, we'll, uh, we'll wait for him to report to camp. You can't force a quarterback, not a former MVP, into screwing on a smile and saying, okay, all right, I guess I'll play for you for one year. I don't think you can. I don't think they will. I think now they're going to have to trade him. And I think now they're going to get less than two number ones for Lamar Jackson. But I may be wrong about this. Now, speaking of the two number ones, I was having a text exchange with a couple of my Raven friends. I do have a couple of them. And, uh, you know, they've been pretty much even keel about this whole thing. One of them, Kyle, said he saw this coming from you know, miles and miles away. He knew this was going to be the case and is not upset about it per se. He's just, I knew they were not going to pay him the amount of money he wanted guaranteed. So this was inevitable. My response to him about the fact that nobody is stepping up with the, hey, we're going to write write an offer for him. We're, We're going to make the Ravens match this offer is about the two number ones. I said in a text, I go, you guys remember when teams would flip two ones in a trade like it was nothing, sometimes for wide receivers and other not super-duper important, hard-to-find players. And I believe Cal said, no, I, I don't remember that. And I go, oh, well, here, let me help you. The first one that came to mind was Joey Galloway to the Dallas Cowboys from the Seahawks for two number one picks. Galloway produced a bit, but really wasn't a difference maker. Then you had Keyshawn Johnson, who went to Tampa Bay from the Jets for two number one picks. The Jets, I believe, after that trade had four number ones in the first round. More recently, Khalil Mack goes to the Bears for two firsts and some swappage besides that. Laramie Tunsil, offensive lineman, goes from Miami to Houston With two number ones back to Miami, but they threw in Kenny Stills and there was some other swappage as well. But still, two number ones were involved in that deal from Houston to Miami. Now, you have to apply the Bill O'Brien idiot discount factor to that because he single-handedly made some of the dumbest moves ever in recent vintage as GM of that team and also the coach. But how about Jamal Adams? A safety goes from the Jets to Seattle for two number ones, a third, and a live body safety. Hell, Jalen Ramsey went from the Jaguars to the Rams for two ones and a fourth. There may be even more trades involving two ones for players a lot less impactful than a MVP quarterback in Lamar Jackson. So don't tell me it's about the two number ones. I still rest on the laurels of it's that they don't quite know this cat. Other teams don't know what he is, how he works, what's, what is it going to be like once they get in bed with him uh, to the tune of whatever number they have to spend on salary plus the picks, which the picks are not the deal breaker, but there'll be so much investment, I don't know if teams are going to feel Comfortable. But that said, do a little little, uh, noodling on two number one picks. You're telling me that 
Oh, Jalen Ramsey, a corner, a good one, who now has been passed around again, is worth two number ones and a fourth. But Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, a quarterback, is not? I mean, come on now. Then there's the agent thing. I'm going to alert everybody that this is like a rare occurrence in which the sun lines up perfectly with the gap in the stones at Stonehenge to perfectly cast a ray of light at just the right spot in which me and Bomani Jones of the extremely low-rated, nobody-watches-it game theory on HBO, me and Bomani Jones are like this. We are hang die, as the saying goes in, I believe, it's Chinese. It's used in... Uh, It was used in uh, Deadwood between Swearingen, um, let's see, Hang Dai Chinese, Hang Dai Definition, uh, I just try to Google this on the fly, Hang Dai Meaning, okay, I could have done this before the podcast, but I didn't, oh, here it is, Uh, brothers, we are brothers, the meaning of Hang Dai is like-minded partners or brothers, for once, me and Bobani Jones, our Hangdai. Here was his take on game theory about this no agent thing and why Lamar Jackson is not helping himself by not having a proper agent. It's a narrative that Lamar Jackson is hurting his contract by being his own agent. People should have never told y'all this word narrative. <laughs> narrative implies that this is just some fictional story that people have come up with, right? So... This is why I believe Lamar Jackson should have an agent and why I do think that doing this is hurting him. It's two things. One, I remember I was talking to um, Fonte about this. This is why, like 20 years ago now. And he said the importance of having a manager was you can't call those people motherfuckers, but sometimes somebody has to. (laughs) Right? They are also, no matter what a negotiation is, going to insult you. The first offer is going to be an insult. I don't think my agent talks to me until the third. If you're Lamar Jackson, you only negotiate a contract when you negotiate a contract. How good are you going to be at negotiating a contract if you've only literally done it one time in your life, right? And so I think people think that having a relationship with an agent or a representative is just this person who just pops in and goes and they talk and they get you some money and then you walk out the door and you're like, oh, I could do that myself. I mean, you can, Right. You can drive a car with your feet, as Chris Rock said. Right. You can. But chances are your time is too precious and you should let somebody else handle that. Wow. There you go. Could not agree more. Not that my representation in the radio business has ever called anyone in the uh, industry at any of my stops, quote unquote, motherfuckers. But he might have said a few things. Along the way. (laughs) But that is true. It keeps you clean. Keeps you clean to them. And it keeps them clean to you during what is inevitably the bare knuckle process of negotiating. And with that in mind, I bring you the top three on a top three Tuesday. Worst fictional negotiations of all time. Number three, the Michael Scott Paper Company negotiating with Michael Wallace, or David Wallace, excuse me, 
in the office about getting their jobs back. To expedite these negotiations. We are prepared to make you a very generous offer. And we are prepared to reject that offer. Michael, you haven't even heard that. Never accept their first offer. What is your second offer? $12,000. Are you kidding me? That is insultingly low. I don't even want to hear what your first offer was. <laughs> what do you hear? Here's the situation. Your company is four weeks old. I know this business. I know what suppliers are charging. I know you can't be making very much money. I don't know how your prices are so low, but I know it can't keep up that way. I'm sure you're scared. Probably in debt. It's the best offer you're going to get. I'll see your situation and I'll raise you a situation. Your company is losing clients left and right. You have a stockholder meeting coming up and you're going to have to explain to them why your most profitable branch is bleeding. So they may be looking for a little change in the CFO. So I don't think I need to wait out Dunder Mifflin. I think I just have to wait out you. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Number two, top three worst negotiations. Fictional category. Homer negotiating for the number of blackjack decks at an Indian casino. I thought you guys lived off the land. How come you're selling junk to jerks like us? We used to live and farm in a bountiful valley. Then the river was dammed to make that lake by our ancient enemy, the beaver. Why don't you just chase the beavers away? Unfortunately, the beaver is also our god. In retrospect, it was a poor choice. You people are guests in our country, and the beaver have no right yes. to treat you that way. If I get back your land, will you promise to build a casino on it? Sure, and when we do, your breakfast will be comped. <laughs> How many decks will your blackjack dealers use? Eight. Three. Four. Deal. My brother. <laughs> Eight, three, four, deal. My brother, and your breakfast will be comped. And the number one fictional bad negotiation of all time has to be Jerry Lundegaard, Fargo, with that damn undercoating. We sat right here in this room and went over this and over this. Yeah, but that true coat. I sat right here and said I didn't want any true coat. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying that true coat, you don't get it. You get oxidation problems. It'll cost you a heck of a lot more than $500. You're sitting there. You're, you're talking in circles. You're talking like we didn't go over this already. Yeah. We'll see where it goes from here, but stay tuned. Meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers is going to have another appearance, I bet, soon on the Pat McAfee show to give his updated side of the story now that Brian Gutekunst at the owners' meetings has dropped a bit of a truth bomb, this courtesy of Matt Schneidman of The Athletic. What happened this offseason? Why couldn't you guys get together on whether or not Rodgers would return for one more season at least with the Green Bay Packers when he was under contract. I don't want to say repair the relationship of the last two years after he, you know, said everything he did a couple of years ago. Then he comes out a couple of weeks ago and says you basically went behind his back to shop him and he didn't seem too pleased from your perspective. How did the last couple of months kind of transpire? Yeah, I didn't really take his comments like that and it's certainly not true. I mean, I think, you know, as we got out of the off season or after the season and we, we had a good conversation um, and then you know, we're, we're going to have some follow-up conversations. And our inability to reach him or for him to respond in any way, I think at that point, then we just kind of had to, we had to, I had to do my job and kind of reach out and understanding that a trade could be possible uh, and see who was interested, but that shopping was never really part of that. So, so when you gave him that contract extension, you've said publicly your intention was for him to 
not just play last season to play beyond that at what point did it shift to okay we need to move on yeah i think so i think obviously it was a disappointing season right and you come out of the season you have a lot of conversations not only there but with uh, the rest of the team coaches and everybody and then as you go through that process you kind of get an idea of where you're going to move to you know as a team how you're going to go forward and I think I was really looking forward to the conversations with Aaron to see how he fit into that. Uh, those never transpired. So, I, you know, there, there came a time where we kind of had to we had to make some you know decisions. So we went through his representatives to try to kind of talk to him where we were going with our team. And at that point, um, you know, they informed us they would like to, to be traded to the Jets. But, but you just said you, you did try and reach out to have those conversations. Oh, yeah, what you said. Okay. Yeah. okay. Everything. So there you go. This is some grade school bullshit by Rodgers. Grow up, man. Be a pro, okay? I know many of you are going to go, Zabe, I've been trying to tell you this for a long time. And there's some that are going to say, oh, you can't trust Goody. He's a snake. He's a liar. Of course, he's going to paint it in the most uh, beneficial light to him and the organization. It doesn't matter really who you think is more truthful in what happened in the offseason because here is the basic fact of the matter. It was Rodgers who said, I need some time to think about whether I'm playing football next year. The Green Bay Packers Incorporated were never in doubt about playing football as an organization next year. With the whole 53-man roster, with all the accessory coaches and administrators and staffers and trainers and ticket takers and everything else. Oh, no. There was never a doubt. Oh, hey, Green Bay Packers, Inc., are you playing football next year? <laughs> of course we are. Do you know the nut, the mortgage on this facility? Of we, yes, a thousand percent. Okay, Rogers, do you want to play? I'll get back to you, man. Once he said, look, I need time away to think about it, it was incumbent upon him to be a pro and to be proactive and to communicate like a professional with the team that employed him employs him still and shoveled $100 million guaranteed onto his plate. And yet, this is what Goody said transpired. Of course Rodgers was going to do this. Man, does he have some deep, deep issues. All this talk about simple gratitude and appreciation, it's bullshit. He ain't living what he's preaching. Rogers. If he was preaching it, then he could be more forthcoming and tell the Packers two weeks after the Super Bowl, look, let's go our separate ways. Nothing personal. I want the challenge of playing somewhere else. You guys want to play love. Let's make this happen. Let's make this a good divorce. Could have done that. Didn't do that. But oh, I love playing in Green Bay so much, did you? You might have said, I want to come back. I know it's going to be a big number to to, to swallow my, my salary, but I feel like we can do some damage this year. And I know the Jordan Love thing's a problem, but hey, you know, people do get injured. You know, can he stick it out one more year as my backup? He could have said that, but he didn't say that because that's not what he wanted. And now he wants to spin it like, hey, man, they were shopping me. Something changed. Here comes the McAfee appearance coming out in three, two, one. All right, coming up right after this break, my college roommate, John Peterson, one of my closest friends in college. I haven't talked to him in a long time. It's sad. That's my fault. 
but he was on the coaching route. He was a, a basketball coach for many years, did not make it to the big time at all, but we talked about the tournament. We talked about why he didn't keep coaching. It's a tough business. And some of the absolutely insane ways he made ends meet as a restricted earnings coach early on in his career. We'll talk to my college roommate right after this. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If 2024 is the year you're jetting off to a new country, or even just want to expand your language skills beyond English, then I urge you to check out Rosetta Stone today. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program for over 30 years. Why? Because it works. Instead of drilling vocabulary words, with Rosetta Stone, you learn by matching audio from native speakers to visuals, reading stories, participating in dialogues, and other practical language skills that fast-track your ability to communicate fluently. Not only is it a more effective way to learn, it's more fun. Rosetta Stone's advanced voice recognition technology gives you feedback on how well you pronounce words. Other language learning apps use speech recognition to detect what you said. Rosetta Stone tells you how well you said it. Rosetta Stone offers 25 languages with lessons available on your computer, phone, or tablet. And with a lifetime membership, you get forever access to all the lessons for all the languages and never pay a renewal fee. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, ZabeCast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Make March Madness a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online and use promo code ZABE to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at the big money. If you're the type of guy who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at life-changing amounts of moolah. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and simple to win. 
and simple to get paid, like my bookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. All right, you are live on the podcast. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law, including the time you helped me steal that iron-reinforced rim from the local elementary school to put up on the back of our Sabado Tardy apartment complex. Would you want to talk about the stolen wheelchair, too, or no? <laughs> no, no, in this, this day and age, we'll get canceled for that, by the way. You saw we what happened to Daniel Briere's kid, right? It wasn't stolen. Yeah, it did. was it was used, but I think we put it back. So funny. How you been? I am doing good. It is UCSB week here as I get in touch with my former roommate, John Peterson, better known as Coach Peterson, who I last remember was the coach at Ohlone Junior College, but something tells me you're not there anymore. I am not there anymore. How long have you been gone? I'm not there anymore. Uh, eight years. Fucking A. God damn it. Yeah. I suck. In a while. I saw you, yeah. you were my roommate in college. How do you not know your roommate in college? Do you never talk to him? I'm like, no, not very often. Not often as I should. So where are you now, JP? I am in, uh, I'm in LA. I left, uh, I left the junior college to go to uh, Loyola Marymount. Did two years there. So you're at Loyola? No, I got out of that too. <laughs> you and- coached at Loyola. <laughs> Coached at Loyola Marymount for two. Under who? Got out. Mike Dunlap, who's okay. now with the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay. Um, and I, uh, I left. I went to work uh, for a startup doing basketball training franchises. Uh, coached a little bit on the side. I coached my daughter's high school team for three years. Uh, and in the last two years, I've, in addition to working a real job uh have helped at a division two down here in la okay all right so that in addition to being a one of the top hand models in all of los angeles which has helped pay the bills (laughs) (laughs) that would be a great job oh my god that would be a great job (laughs) to show your hands so you're still you still got your fingers in the coaching game still got my fingers in the coaching game for sure god Listen, this guy, Peterson, you have no idea, listeners. Uh, he and I, the stuff we did in college at UC Santa Barbara was great. Remember climbing up to the scoreboard at the Thunderdome when – After the UNLV win. After they beat UNLV, and it was the only time UNLV had lost before they went on like a year-and-a-half reign of terror across the whole fucking yeah. country. That was awesome. Oh, God, that was those awesome. were great. Hey, man, they're getting crowds like that again, you know. I know. I know. I was trying to remember the last time I was back on campus. And I'm thinking it was the last time I called a game there in 94. Not even the same, remotely the same institution. It's unbelievable really? what they've done there. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's <laughs> you, awesome. You mean it, awesome, crazy in terms of the facility and the buildings? or all, the- all of it, yeah. Facilities, the buildings, the, okay. the whole thing. Okay. IV looks totally different. I mean, it's... Ivy it's being nuts. Isla Vista, the student slum right next to campus. It's the most densely packed population square mile 
west of the Mississippi, even more than L.A., because it's literally like 18,000 kids, right, Johnny? That's in a one-square-mile? Uh, yeah, with quite a bit of money behind them these days, I have a feeling. A little bit different than the uh, little bit different than the late 80s, early 90s. Really? Yeah, it's not cheap to go to school there anymore. Was it There's cheap? no more $325 per quarter fee, my friend. <laughs> Was it cheap when, when you went as a California state resident? Oh, three, literally $325 a quarter, $375, something like what? that. What? That's that's what it cost you to go to UC Santa Barbara. That's what it cost me to go per quarter. Oh my God! I think I got four hundred dollars. I got to ask my mom today what it cost for them to send me out of state. (laughs) Good thing I didn't. I bet you. I would bet you it's not even close to what somebody in state is paying now. So in state is higher than the out of state. No, out of state probably. Yeah. No, no, no. In I'm state, saying in-state in state now, now is, higher than 80, yeah. is higher than my out-of-state fee back in 86. For sure. Okay, so you paid, you paid 325 a quarter, you said, and there was three yeah. quarters. We were on the quarter system, which sucked. So yeah. we did three quarters on, one quarter off, and then what? you had to pay room and board, obviously. <clears throat> yeah, but I mean, that's, you know. That goes with Nothing yeah. like it is now. Yeah. No, exactly. Uh, Johnny and I were on the same floor uh, in, uh, what was the dorm room? Third floor, San Nick. Yes, San Nicholas dorm, where they had a sand volleyball court, actually two of them, outside the building. And I believe that freshman year, we spent approximately... 68% of our waking hours down and around that sand volleyball court. And at least another 10 building uh, uh, beer pyramids out of Keystone, <laughs> empty Keystone cans. <laughs> and Schaefer Light, which, risk, which Schaefer with, Light. with Rich Gillespie and uh, Dusty Rhodes and uh, yeah, Russ, Russ, Russ Hodges. Maybe I could picture or, <laughs> you can picture him. We should really look these guys up. So anyway, Coach Peterson, how'd you like the Elite Eight? Man, great games. Great games, highly entertaining. I, and I don't, I mean, I, I'm, I know this isn't some hot take, but I just don't see how anybody beats UConn. Oh, they are going through people like shit through a tin horn. And I mean, it is something else. They're so good. What do you think of the fact? They're so good. What, how do you feel though that it's pretty much an all Cinderella Final Four? Even though UConn's not quite, it is not. There's no brand names here. Even though UConn was a brand name under Calhoun, and they're making a comeback now with Hurley. I mean, this is this is more Cinderella type stories than most people are used to. Is it a good thing, bad thing, or is it just a thing? I mean, I think for the fan, it's great. I mean, who wants to continue to see the same teams, you know, right. competing to go? I, I, I think it's awesome. I mean, last year we had Duke in Kay's final run against Carolina. I mean, you can't fucking beat that, right, for the final four? No. But no. I don't think I'll watch any less of these games just because there's no Blue Bloods. I think they're all very entertaining, and I think they're all pretty hard to handicap, even though obviously UConn is, I think, the favorite. 
Yeah, I would agree that UConn's a favorite. I would agree it's probably pretty hard to uh, handicap, but I, I think the entertainment value, it, for, for me anyway, is significantly higher. All right, I so, just think it's great watching them play. So when you got into coaching, did you once think, I'm going to be a head coach in D1? Absolutely. I can remember being at the Final Four where Weber, like in the second to top row, I was in my early early 20s, 22, 23, 24. And, uh, you know, when, when Weber called the timeout, thinking to myself, I'd love to be on this stage. 100%. And at what point in your career, because you coached at a junior college, had success there, at what point did you realize professionally either this ain't going to happen or I don't have the stomach to do it because it's <laughs> an incredible grind, you know? No, it's a grind. I, it, 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 well, it's interesting, right? I mean, I was at a Division One, San Francisco, and then I went to a Division Two, and uh, we played in two national championship games, won one of them. What was the um, Division Two? Metro State in okay. Denver. Right. Okay. Played Kentucky Wesleyan, and I, I played Kentucky Wesleyan in back-to-back years, Ooh. which is almost unheard of. Okay. Uh, they beat us in 99. We beat them in 2000. And so, you know, I had a little, obviously a little taste as an assistant of what it was like to, you know, make that journey to the last game of the year. So wait, which is pretty cool. You started as an assistant at USF. Yeah. What 90 right out of Santa Barbara. What number assistant number third assistant. Dude, I was the restricted earnings guy living in San Francisco, making $3,000 a year. No bullshit. Three grand dollars a year for five years. Yeah. Well, that's where your hand modeling began, and that's how you I were had able every to make side it. hustle you could. I had every <laughs> side hustle you could possibly imagine. You know, I, I I tell I tell the youngsters I work with now in radio, I go, you know, they used to have a position in college basketball that literally said restricted earnings coach, and restricted earnings coach, and they're like, with a, not only did they restrict your pay. They restricted the number of years that you could receive that pay. <laughs> they're like, they're like, hey, don't get comfortable on this three grand a year. No, that, that, that's right. I mean, and you could pay up to uh, fifteen thousand a year. I oh think. wow! Now, now you're living really large, right there. Now you're living large, man. I had, uh, I have a friend from college who who owned a ticket brokerage, pretty successful one. He just sold it. And back then, you know, if you were going to buy a concert ticket, you know, you had to go to Warehouse Records and stand in line if you wanted to get in the first five, whatever. So one of my side hustles was I would go sleep on Geary Boulevard uh, outside of the warehouse waiting for U2 to go on sale or whatever, the Stones, so I could be one of the first five guys in line to buy tickets that he would pay me a small fee for that's I, I was doing stuff like that to pay my rent. It was all time. And then, and then and it, it ain't the same anymore, man. Guys get into this business now. They aren't doing that, I guarantee you. Restricted earnings. Uh, we're, speaking yeah. of restricted, was it you that taught me the phrase restricting my shit? Yeah. yeah <laughs> tell, tell that story again. That's the best. Go. Yeah, I know that's a Juco deal, right? You know, coach, you're restricting my shit. You're not letting me play my game. It was a high school yeah, teammate uh, of yours, right? 
Yeah, it might have been. Mike Guida, possibly. Restricting my shit. Coach is restricting my shit. (laughs) He got pulled pulled from the game, and you, like, looked over at him on the bench and asked him what happened, and the simple answer was, man, coach is restricting my shit. My shit. Absolutely, baby. Absolutely. And they did they That's did why, hey, that was the that was the impetus for the transfer portal right there. <laughs> Just took a long time. Long time to it get to where we are time. now. So remind me what the thinking was behind restricted earnings. Was it to keep the bigger programs from layering in more and more highly paid coaches to get an advantage? I, I, it, uh, quite possibly. I mean, I think so. You know, there was a class action lawsuit filed. I mean, I w- was a part of it. Uh, you know, the the class won. Yeah, I mean, I got What'd like you make? 20 grand. I don't know, like 20 grand. It wasn't much. It's not bad. Might, enough, that might have been enough to pay for my wedding. Um, <laughs> but, there, yeah, there was, no, there was no money in it at all. I mean, that's why I left USF to go to – I was at my fifth year. I had to leave. And so I went to Metro State. So you did I mean, five. Not- you did five years at three grand a year, sleeping yeah. on. I mean, the I had side. I had side. I had side hustles. Listen, yeah, I mean, I, listen. Literally, I, that's that's listen. what the, that's what the paycheck was for USF. I I know that, years. but my point is, and this is in admiration and awe of you and everyone else that did this. Your passion for the game. And the career is that you did that for five years. It's fucking inhuman, you know. As you dusted off, yeah. As you dusted off the grime from the streets of San Francisco, sleeping out oh, overnight yeah, no for doubt. tickets, and then putting on a suit to go coach, you know, low-level D one basketball. I had a, at one point. I was telling somebody this the other day. They had a, you know, they had a fitness center on campus, a really nice one, actually. You know, Olympic size indoor pool. I mean, it's a massive facility. Like, why don't you live so in I there? Would, my, yeah, my 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 day would be. I would. Uh, I had a, a quote unquote manager's position in there, so I would open the facility at four. Uh, you know, make sure the lights are on, the alarms are off, whatever. Staff would come in to check people in. I'd work there till like ten. I'd go to the office, do whatever I had to do in the office. Uh, I'd go to practice. And then at three, I went to a private school in Pacific Heights where I was a quote-unquote gym monitor until <laughs> nine for CYO practices, right? Wow. That had benefits, I might add. That was the beauty of that job. Right. And then I'd go back to campus uh, to do study table from nine to 11 and then put it all on repeat. I did that four, four days a week, Monday through Thursday. Wow. For how many years? Yeah. For five years almost? Oh, God. Uh, probably years. three of those years. Okay. Yeah, too many years. So, sure. so was it perceived for your career that, well, shit, you're leaving from a low D1 to a D2? Did you feel like if I'm ever going to make it, you know, in D1, <clears throat> that, you know, this is not the right direction? Or was it just, hey, it happens? I mean, it just happens. I mean, I wanted to coach. I, right. was, I was out of time. I had no choice. I sure. literally, uh, there was a guy named Steve Eggers who's now retired. He he was the head coach at LMU, ironically, at one point. But he had he had been at Pepperdine as an assistant, and he got the Eastern Washington job. And I remember uh, flying to Spokane, staying the night at Mark Few's house, getting up the next morning, driving to Cheney, hand delivering my resume to Steve. Had a five minute meeting. 
drove to the airport and flew back. Didn't get the job. Oh my God. I mean, yeah, no, that's literally the, the kind of stuff I was trying to do to just get whatever I could get. Five minute meeting. Five minute meeting. You spent how much money? And he and I are great. He and I are great. Yeah. Who knows? Right. I don't know. I don't, I don't even know how much money, but yeah, still it was, it was hundreds not. and hundreds of dollars you didn't have. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So you're at Ohlone no College. You're the head coach there. You had pretty good success at the junior college level. Go ahead, tell us your uh, your your run there. Uh, fourteen years. Uh, I mean, we we it was great. I mean, listen, there's nothing better. The two things I think that did you win? Coaches, did you win there? Yeah, we won like seventy percent of our games, something like that. Any titles? We had five. We had five. No, we, we, I choked. Uh, our best chance, we were the number one team in the state all year and got beat in the sweet, uh, or in the Elite Eight. Um, oh, man. Don't say so it. We we Shit happened. No, nah, we were up 12 with 16 to go. And, oh. you know, I was arrogant. I was, I was arrogant. And, yeah, yeah. I just, I, <laughs> well, I'd love to have that game back. I had some pretty good players in that group, too, like four or five Division One guys on that team. Uh, yeah, we had we had great runs. We won a couple of league titles, a couple of elite eights, which in California is kind of the that's the state tournament, right? Four from the north, four from the south. Sure. Um, four or five sweet sixteens. Um, does that? That was great. And uh, go ahead. Does that experience of blowing a, a double digit lead in a big game make you more sympathetic towards guys like Rodney Terry, who was just offered by the oh. way the head job? Did he get it today? Yeah, good. He good. was offered it. Um, I, I haven't seen that he has said yes. I would hope he would, but, you know. Hey, anybody that can go to Fresno State after Tarkin win games deserves whatever job he can get, in my opinion. Um, I, uh, yeah, totally feel sympathetic. I mean, if you've been a head coach, you, you've blown it. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> at some I mean, point. You've blown it. At some point, you've blown it, and at some point, you've gotten really lucky. So, I mean, it, it, it's just part of the deal. It happens. Right. You know. Uh, yeah, Rodney Terry was at Fresno State from 2011 to 2018. And, and for, won games, right? I mean, he had like four 21 seasons, did he not? I, I think so. Um, yeah. For anyone who has never had the pleasure of going to Fresno, California, let me tell oh, you, man. it is a certified shithole of nothingness. Yeah the likes of which yeah. you're going to want to flee from as quickly as possible, right in the middle of the state. Good people, make no mistake, but just a miserable city in the middle of California farmland. No, and when they've got it going, it, uh, they all come out. That's you know? true. I mean, they come out, but if you don't have it going, you're getting 3,000 people a night in a 15,000-seat <clears throat> facility, and not so much fun. Yeah, not so much fun. So that ended in 2018. He went to UTEP for three years, and then that washed out, and then he joined as an assistant two years ago. And then, you know, thanks to one late night of drinking between uh, <laughs> Chris Beard and his fiance, all of a sudden he gets handed a loaded-ass team, and damn if he didn't almost, almost take him to the Final Four. That was tough. What happened to Texas in the second half? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. You know, you just, you, at the end of the day, I mean, a head coach's job is to make sure guys get the shots you want them to take and that's their job, whether they go in or not. 
I, I mean, that's not up to the coach. Right. It's up to the player. But it's so, still up to you to try to, you know, know when to manage your timeouts, try to staunch the bleeding, to maybe do something different, to show a different look, you know, to put a guy in to give you a spark, right? Yeah, but I mean, all those things are so easy to talk about after the fact. Right. You're in the moment. Oh That's yeah, a whole different deal. It's going fast, and and you know, give credit to Miami; they just didn't fucking miss in the second half. No, I mean it's a shot maker's deal, right? And if you got guys that can make shots, it's life's so much easier. You're, you're you're infinitely better as a coach. Yeah, if you've got guys that can make shots, especially tough shots, contested shots, stuff like that. I mean, you watch that D two. I mean, I don't know if you pay attention to it or not, but. You know, the Division II uh, championships, uh, you know, two teams that play at breakneck speed and just loaded with guys that make shots. Yeah. And scores in the hundreds, I think. I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah. Uh, by yeah, the way. They're uh, everywhere. The uh, the Miami story with Larinaga is fascinating to me on a number of levels. Larinaga was just a lifer in the biz himself. Finally gets discovered, gets on a rocket ship at George Mason, goes to the Final Four, tries to negotiate a bigger deal. He get a little bit more money, stayed at George Mason for a couple of years after that 06 Final Four run, but then gets a deal from Miami. And everyone thought it was almost like a pseudo-retirement package. Like, oh yeah, he'll take their money. And then like all old guys, he'll retire you know, somewhere in, in South Beach and call it a career. And he continues to get it done. Now it doesn't hurt, PD, that he's got big nil energy going on down at Miami and doesn't hurt at all (laughs) doesn't hurt at all I read this story in the athletic about notably two guys Isaiah Wong their leading scorer and Nigel Pack their point guard right so apparently this booster down at Miami John Ruiz who founded this company called uh uh, Life Wallet who the fuck Mm -hmm. knows what they do right he's rich he put three kids through Miami big supporter of the program dedicated, he said, I got 10 million bucks. I want to pour it back into, you know, Miami athletics. And because there's this new NIL deal, uh, we can pretty much cheat like Nevin Shapiro once did, but the cheating will be legal at Miami. (laughs) So, so I guess Pat got reportedly, nobody knows PD, $750,000. Yeah, that sounds right. And apparently according to this story, Isaiah Wong was only making a hundred grand and they said Isaiah Wong's agent, because you're now allowed to have those, threatened to pull his guy to another school if he didn't get a raise. Yeah. Yeah. Is this it's a different it's a different I mean it's the new it's the new way of doing things. So Barkley was on 60 minutes last night saying this is terrible. Terrible for the sport, and it's going to lead to just going to lead to just twenty or twenty-five teams that rule everything. Now, this is a bad year for that argument because look at the Final Four. But he may not be wrong in that once the reshuffling settles down, it will be the twenty to twenty-five richest schools that dominate year in year out. What wh- What do you believe? How is it any different than when Charles played in the 20 or 25 richest schools dominated the sport? Are you probably right? I mean, they didn't right. have NIL, but you're, but you're, you're telling me those guys didn't get paid? Come on now. They did get paid, Come and on. they also had other benefits of going to the big schools. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I just, 
Okay, so it's just it's it going to be more it's the same. It's, it's more. It's the same. Now everybody can do it as opposed to the teams that had all the money. Right. Everybody can do it. Yeah. And some people, you know, they, you know, some programs I think pool their money. So if you and I are on a roster at you know Podunk U, and you know there's five hundred thousand dollars that you know four guys have gotten, they're splitting that amongst everybody on the roster. So there's no issues in the locker room. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of ways to skin this cat for sure, but it's not, I don't think it's going anywhere. No, I don't think so either. The funniest part of the story is And I'm a big believer. I'm a big, I mean, I think you should be able to make money off your name, your image, and your likeness. I don't. I don't see why you shouldn't yeah. have an opportunity to do that. But I really do don't. You, do you really think there's like uh, Isaiah Wong billboards down in Miami? Do you think there's Nigel I mean, there Pack commercials that are worth seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars? Well, no. I mean, <laughs> so in other words, it's I just mean, it's like, hey, well, listen, it's you know the value of uh, of anything is what somebody's willing to pay for it. True, but this is a case of they're they're just kind of pooling money and they're labeling it name, image, likeness, and so they're you know yeah. it's, it's it's a bit but of an it's end no moment. different it's it's no different than pooling the money and and slipping a kid cash. No, it's not. It's just uh, it's gonna it's gonna be a wild time, you know. And 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 the poor coaches that do fight through all that you have to fight through to get there, they have to re-recruit their own guys. Every it's the most important. Re- it's it's the most important part of the recruiting process now is your own, your own team. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, but you know, at the same time, coaches are free to leave whenever they want to leave. That is true. Administrators are free to get rid of coaches whenever they want to get rid of coaches. That so, is. So I mean, you can look at the argument a lot of different ways. Yeah. Part of me, but is- I think it, what it does, what it does is, is. And especially you take the NIL out of it, but you look at the transfer portal. Um, I mean, it's it's to many to to a large extent, it's leveled the playing field a little bit. Ah, uh, yes. And the, the, well, the we're seeing that, that gets, now. The group that gets hurt, the yeah. group that gets hurt is is the high school player. <clears throat> I was with a Division One head coach a couple weeks ago. And who had a really good year, didn't make a tournament, uh, but but they did really well. He's like, I'm not. What well, you know, I might take one or two high school kids. So why would I take a high school kid if I can go get, you know, a kid that's been at, you know, Xavier for two years? I would take that all day, every day. Well, okay, but you still need new blood coming in. I mean, the high school guys are still gonna be common yeah but the issue is if you bring in high school guys and you really develop them somebody else is taking oh who was it that said somebody somebody just said it the other day uh it was it was dusty may or or one of those guys like his guys are you know his guys are being recruited right now huh interesting as as transfer students yeah no (laughs) it's it's not it's it's nonstop, man so you're saying you're saying that the smart coaches are like we'll we'll let some other coach do the hard work of coaching a high school kid into being a college player, and then we'll just go poach him. Hey, I'm yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, I'm coaching in a Division two league. Player of the year in the league, six seven kid at Sonoma State, who uh, 
is really talented and, and a no brainer, like probably WCC would be the highest level, but you know, big West guy, big sky guy for sure. Right. Okay. Division one guy, no brainer. He was recruited all year long. <laughs> wow. There were guys recruiting him all year long. I mean, whether it's through a third party or his parents or his AU coach or whatever, and you know, jumps in the portal and he's out. Yeah. You know, and he could have stayed and probably been, you know, top five all-time leading scorer at that institution if he wanted to be. Yeah. All right, real quick, you said your daughter uh, plays basketball. You coached her. How old is she? She's a sophomore in college now. Is she playing in college? Uh, she she play, She's at Smith, which is in Massachusetts, who lost in the Final Four uh, and was the number one overall seed. But she didn't play. She had a bad concussion at the end of her freshman season, couldn't play this year. But she's on so we'll the basketball team next year. Yeah. On the basketball yeah. team at Smith College in Massachusetts, all the way on the other side of the country from you. Ironically, a guy I lived with for two years in Santa Barbara is a maxiofacial surgeon and lives in the same city. And so therefore he's loaded and pays for your flights out to see her? I wish, but he does <laughs> let me stay at his nice house. So he doesn't pay for the flights, but he does let me stay at the crib. Well, that's 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 very, ha- nice that, very nice. That's awesome. So, with that said, I'll be perfectly honest in saying I don't generally care for the women's game, but I am in awe of this Caitlin Clark gal who just went nuclear last night for Iowa to propel him into the Final Four. She can hope. She really she can. I, watched, I think I watched all... Uh, I watched almost all of those Sweet 16 and Elite 8 games, as much, at least a little bit of them, uh, each of those games. There's some some very, very, very good coaches and some very, very, very good to- uh, players. There, there's no question. It's, it's fun. There's no question that the state of the art of the women's game continues to get better and better. And it's obviously not just you know the women's players that inspired these girls – like Sue Bird or Diana Taurasi, et cetera, or Brianna Stewart, it's also the Steph Curry effect. Because Caitlin Clark is the female Steph Curry. She shoots it so well with such great form. I remember, Petey, when once upon a time in the women's game when they would shoot a three, it was a heave, you know? Now it's stop and and pop, step back, stupid range, what? Is that a problem? Should I not have made that 30-footer? It's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. And yet, for some reason this year, I believe Duke played a game against South Carolina where they played with the wrong ball for a whole half and didn't realize it. (laughs) Or or even the whole Final Four fiasco last year. Right about the the, 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 – Yeah. Uh, It was also bad. Apparently in Vegas, uh, one of the teams had to move out of the the Luxor because their rooms were shit. And I go, well, that – and, I, and I'm like, that checks out because I went to the Luxor on a, quote, free trip for the station this past winter for the Pro Bowl, and it ruined Vegas for me. I'm still in therapy. It was so awful. Luxor was great back in, like, 93. <laughs> I'm not sure Luxor, the Luxor is a go-to in Vegas any longer. The Suxor, exactly. All right, top three Peterson moments in college all time. I'm going to give them to you right now. You ready? Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. Number three uh, – you and I playing on our intramural team. This was the B League team, I believe. You were on multiple teams. You had your fraternity team, but you also yeah, slummed uh-huh. it on a B League team. And I fucking love playing with you because you were a very good player, and I was just a 
just a guy that could, you know, not embarrass himself. So that was fun as shit. Never forget that. Yeah, but you'd always you were kind of a Bill Lambirish <laughs> willing to step up, fight a guy, especially when it got to the floor hockey segment of the intramural schedule. Oh yeah, sure. there's no doubt there's our no doubt. our floor hockey trips up to Sacramento and one down to San Diego were the stuff of legend. That was fun as shit. Uh, the number two moment was easily climbing up to the scoreboard after UCSB beat UNLV. Uh, but the number one I moment. I can't wait to hear number one. Number one had to be going to John Peterson's boyhood home, up in Fairfield, oh, yeah, Calif- Fairfield, California. Yeah. Well, not 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 with the rent a cop at the JUCO nearby, uh, but no, this was us playing basketball in your driveway. I got to play on the on the nine on the nine foot hoop in Johnny's yeah. driveway. Uh, father was a judge, the Honorable Judge Peterson. And you guys had a carport, as I recall, not even a garage, yeah, but we a did. carport exactly right. yeah. with a nine-foot hoop on it, and that's where you learned to play, and we had a fucking blast there. Uh, Duncan, I was still young and spry enough that I could get up just enough to throw it down. Not as good as yeah, you could. good times, man. Those were good times. God damn the best. Can you still those dunk? good times. Can you still dunk a basketball? Uh, Hell no. Can you still no. dunk a tennis no, ball no, at no, least? No. Come on, no way. No way. Even if you put it at eight feet, I'd be worried about pulling something. No chance, dude. No All chance. Right. All right, Johnny. No it's great. Chance. Good to connect with you, and uh, I will promise great this catching is up, my man. at least it'll be once a year for you. All right? Okay, that sounds awesome. All right, buddy. See you. All right. See you, David. Great to connect with Petey, as I call him. He was a blast to be a roommate with and a friend with in college. And it's too bad that we are separated by 3000 miles, but you know what? I should make it upon myself, take it upon myself and make it a point to connect with him and do something with him whenever possible, because we had great times back there at the Harvard of the West, UC Santa Barbara. We'll end on this. And for years I have looked at these little green bottles of eye drops And I've thought to myself, why in the hell are these things priced the way they are? Why do they cost? Why do two tiny bottles of eye drops cost like $12 for just an ounce, if that, in each bottle? To me, it's been one of the most insanely priced things. But in the back of my head, I said, well, you know, I bet there's a lot of lawyers. But there's a lot of lawyers and there's a lot of quality control that has to go into these eye drops because, well, it's a very simple thing. You know, just get a nice little eye drop that is sanitized and sufficiently viscous and gooey to make your eyes nice and ah, wet when you wake up in the morning. And I only use them in the morning pretty much to wet my eyes. But you have to have them so that they're not going to do any injury to anyone or any harm to anyone because, well, it is your eyeball. It's a sensitive organ. You only have two of them. They're kind of important. And uh, yeah, you don't want things going wrong. But then I thought, well, how bad does a batch of eye drops have to be to really do damage to people? And now we know the answer. The, The U.S. Centers for Disease Control has identified 68 patients in 16 states recently who were infected with a rare strain of drug-resistant Pseudomonas originosa. Originosa. Pseudomonas originoso. 
a strain of drug resistance uh, uh, bacteria that had never been reported in the United States. Most patients who reported this infection reported using artificial tears. Many patients used different brands, but one brand shot through as the most common denominator. That would be Esricare Artificial Tears as the brand most commonly reported. Thank God I don't use that. I use the green bottle, which I think is Allergan's. Not sure. Anyway, reported adverse events included infections of the cornea, infections of the bloodstream, infections of the respiratory tract, (laughs) and infections of the urinary tract. Yuck. There were eight reports of lost vision, like I don't see as well now, or it's temporary, or it's coming back, and four reports of surgically removed eyeballs. What? Oh, my God. 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 It was also reported that one person died from the infection. Oh, my God. Something tells me now I'm just going to gut it out in the morning. I'm going to jam my eyeballs open, wide open, feel the sting and the burn of the cold morning air start to tingle my dry corneas and then have my own body go to work producing the tears necessary to, after a good 20 or 30 seconds, go blink, 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 blink. And that way I won't have to worry about eyeball removal. Yikes. And now you know the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say. That's why those eye drops cost as much as they do. And something tells me that after this, the price of them is only going up further. That is a wrap for me today. Thank you so much for listening. Why, why did I have to hear that part at the end? Like, you can't end on something uplifting. Well, listen, we are an all-purpose podcast. We're here to inform. We're here to protect the public. We're here to let you know what's going on in the world. It's not always just, you know, sunshine and roses, people. Okay. Thanks for listening. Tell a few friends. Rate and review as always. Thank you so much. Have a great Tuesday, everybody, and we will see you next time. Have a nice day. Make March Madness a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online and use promo code ZABE to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at the big money. If you're the type of guy who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at life-changing amounts of moolah. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and simple to win. 
and simple to get paid, like my bookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co.